Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. When you're doing things, you got to do things for the right reason. If you're here today because you want to hear some great preacher, you're not here for the right reason. If you're here today because, well, you were asked to or you feel obligated, you're here for the wrong reason. Jesus said, if two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You know, when Jesus is in the midst of us, all things are possible. So I just want to ask you to do an exercise with me and say, Jesus, I thank you that you're here today. Let's do that. Jesus, I thank you that you're here today. And because you're here, all things are possible. Let me just say this. You have entered into an all things are possible zone if you will expect God to do something and if you hear his voice, you respond to him. You say, well, I've never heard the voice of the Lord in my life. Well, it's because you're expecting the Cecil B. DeMille movie of God speaking through a burning bush. God can whisper. The Bible says when Elijah was in the cave hiding, there was, a, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. There was a, a storm, but the Lord wasn't in the storm. There was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. He, but then it says there was a still small voice, and that's where God was at. God will speak to you in a still small voice. Have you ever had, you might have, you might uh, consider a hunch. Have you ever had a hunch and you didn't respond to it and you thought, I wish I would have listened to that hunch? Or maybe you did respond to it and you're glad you did. Well, we have invited Jesus into this place because we've told him we are here and we are here in his name. And the Bible talks about a place, Jesus was in a house preaching, and it was so packed with scribes and Pharisees and different people, and the Bible says that the Lord was present, no, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them, T-H-E-M. That means everybody in the room had a possibility of of receiving healing. But nobody in the room received healing. Why? Because they weren't expecting anything. Some of them were there to judge him. Some of them were there to critique him. 
and let him know after the service what they agreed with and what they didn't agree with. <laughs> I used to, uh, in my younger days, doesn't happen so much anymore, but uh, I would get up and I would preach my message, and after the service, I had several people that would come up, and each of them had a different thought of theology, and uh, one person said, well, so-and-so doesn't believe that. And I said, well, I'm not so-and-so. I'm not so-and-so. I wanted to say this, but I thought maybe I shouldn't. But since I already mentioned it, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You're in a no-spin zone. I'm going to give you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I'm going to give you the word, and it's up to you to decide whether you're going to believe it and receive it. And it's not only just receiving it, but it's acting upon the word. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. It's useless. It's lifeless. But the Bible says where, where there is an action of faith, all things are possible to those who believe. Now, this is just extra because I haven't even gotten my sermon yet. But let's get back to that house. The Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them, and nobody in the room was getting healed, but there were five guys that showed up. Hey, sounds like a restaurant. Five guys. But five guys showed up. Four of them were carrying a cot or whatever the, the apparatus was. And one of them was, a, was, a, was paralyzed and he was being carried. And the Bible says they tried to get into Jesus, but they couldn't. Why? They had something on the inside of them. They had an expectancy that Jesus was going to do something for them. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus going to do something for you? Is Jesus going to do something for you today? You know, we preach the gospel and we preach that there is a heaven, there is a hell, but a lot of times the uh, people are interpreting everything to the future. Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Well, I'm here to tell you today that you can do a little singing and you can do a little shouting and you can do a little dancing today. If you won't do it, I'll do it for you. Woo! Oh, I used to do a lot better, but I'm 66. The other day, uh, I told somebody I was 66, and they said, oh, you're retired. I said, no. I said, I'm a preacher, and they don't ever retire. Aren't you glad? Where was I at? Oh, yeah, we're back at the house. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The five guys show up, and they're expecting something from Jesus. The power of the Lord's present in the house to heal everybody in the house. They can't get in the house, so they go up on the roof, and they tear, open up the roof, and they let this guy down in front of Jesus. 
And Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus looked up and saw their faith. Well, there was the four guys' faith that took him up on the roof and tore up the roof. The fifth guy, he had to have faith to let those guys lower him down. <laughs> I would say he kind of felt a little helpless. You know, sometimes you have to get a little helpless to receive from the Lord. I'm here to tell you today that, uh, you know, the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Not just poor. How many of you have related to poor? Well, it's not just poor in money, but it's poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you realize that you have a total dependency upon God. How many of you have ever gotten into a problem and Jesus was your last resort? Jesus was the last person you thought of. You thought, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And you tried that and none of it worked. Then you thought, well, I'll try Jesus. Well, that's when you became poor in spirit. And that's when you became blessed because blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall receive the kingdom of God. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm just talking. But what I wanted to tell you, it's not all to in the future. Jesus is here to transform your life. He can transform your marriage. He can transform your thinking. He can transform your health. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. He can transform your health. You say, well, I don't believe that. That was back then. Well, Jesus isn't a back then God. He's a right now God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever means forever and ever and ever. You get what I'm saying? He never changes. He said, I, in the Old Testament, he says, I am the Lord God, I change not. I change not. Aren't you glad he doesn't change? Aren't you glad he's still healing? Aren't you glad he's still opening blind eyes? Aren't you still glad he's healing the cripple? You say, well, I, I wish I could see something like that. Well, I'll tell you, I have. I have. I prayed for people, and this one lady had a blind eye, one eye. And Jesus healed her the fifth time I prayed. Well, why didn't you get healed him on the first? I don't know. I don't know. Some of you think, well, I'll just pray, and if nothing happens, then that's it. No. It is impossible for you to pray in faith and nothing happen. You say, well, those other... No, I still prayed in faith because I believe something happened every time I prayed. Sometimes you're getting a faith stirred up on the inside of somebody, and bam, it opens up. It opens up. There was a guy I prayed for, and Jesus, I'm, just, I'm giving all the glory to Jesus because I can't heal anything. You know what I mean? 
If I could heal everything, I wouldn't have some of the stuff I have. But you know, he'll do things for others when you pray for others. There was this guy, he was a pretty large guy, and I was, uh, oh, I don't know, I was probably around 60 years old, something like that. And uh, so I went to Brazil, and this guy was in a church service. There's thousands of people there. And he comes, and I didn't preach. I was just a, a prayer. And uh, this guy comes up, and he has metal in his, I have sit down. You guys are sitting down. Do you mind if I sit down? Guy had, had tore up his ankle in a sporting accident. And so he had to have a metal plate and screws put in. And uh, he, it was immobile. That means it doesn't move. But he said it was in pain. And so I prayed for him, and I asked him, is it any better? Try to move it. Is it any better? He says, well, it's, uh, it's about, I said from, you know, from 1 to 100, what percent better? 10%. I said, well, let's try it again. Prayed again, another 10%. Prayed again, another 10%. Prayed again, another 10%. Prayed again. So it's up to 50, so he's pretty happy. He's pretty happy. He's about ready to go. I said, wait a minute. Wouldn't you like some more? He said, well, sure. I, I prayed 10 times, and on the 10th time, that plate, I don't know what happened to it, but he was moving it like this, that immobile, and all the pain was gone. And you know how your mind kicks in all of a sudden? You know, so he starts doing this, bam, and he's a big guy, and I'm thinking, hey, man, don't rehearse yourself. <laughs> and then he says, I think I'm going to go play soccer tomorrow, and, I, and my mind's kicked in now. But the power of the Lord was present. To, the reason I told you that story is because Jesus isn't waiting to show up again in eternity to do something in your life. He is wanting to transform your life today. He is wanting to get rid of the fear, the anxiety, the hopelessness, he even wants to do something in your finances. Wouldn't that be good? He said, oh, Jesus, give me a million dollars. You'd blow it all on the lottery trying to get another million. No, he's got to teach you how to handle the money so that he can give you the money. Anyway, what am I preaching about anyway? So the power of the Lord's present to heal them. He lays this guy down. Jesus sees their faith, and he says to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. Everybody in the room gets offended, except for the guy. One of the reasons we don't receive from God is because we are easily offended. We are easily offended, therefore, we shut ourselves up. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. He heard me. He didn't look at me today. The preacher didn't say hi to me today. 
Don't get offended. You're not here for me. We already confessed. Jesus, we welcome you here today. We're here because we're gathered in the name of Jesus, and he shows up, and it's him that will bring the power of the Lord to heal you. I, I might as well just keep on going. You know, the Bible, uh, are you familiar with John 3, 16? For God so loved the world. Anybody still living in the world? Anybody in the world today? For God, and it's not just the planet, it's the people in the planet. For God so loved the world, even the people we don't like. It's funny, God loves people we don't like. I remember I was upset the other day, and I was ready just to say something about somebody. And God checked me. Like, you don't want to say that. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. So I've learned you better not do it, you know. I mean, my Facebook posts have gone down because I can't say things anymore. But anyway, God so loved the world. Anybody in the world today? That means you. God so loved you today that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what the next verse is? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Let me say it this way. For God didn't send Jesus to condemn you but that you through Jesus might be saved. There's another scripture. It's in uh, 1 John 3, verse 1. Behold. That means to look at. That means to study. That means to keep your eye on, to think about it. For uh, It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us or has bestowed upon you that you should be called the sons of God. In other words, God, and there's another scripture in, uh, in Hebrews that said the Lord is not ashamed to call you his brethren. Guess what? If you, if you, if you give your life to Jesus, God, Jesus isn't ashamed of you. Have you ever done anything you're ashamed of yourself? I mean, I, sometimes I think on my past and I oh my gosh, you know. But he said, the Bible says that he is not ashamed to call you brethren. That's why he's not ashamed to call you a son of God. Now, if you're a female, don't worry about it. It's uh, gender neutral. He's not ashamed to call you, say, you're my, you're my son, you're my daughter, and I'm not ashamed of you, and I love you so much, I want to let everybody know you belong to me. You know, when I, uh, when I met Melody, I was dating her best friend. That's my wife, by the way, Melody. I was dating her best friend. We met at a party. And uh, to tell you the truth, I don't remember a lot about that party. <laughs> Wasn't always a preacher. And so anyway, then uh, I got... I got a, a good friend of mine and introduced him to Melody, and so we would double date a lot. We would go out on we would go out on double dates, but it was funny because 
Melody and I would always end up talking to each other. And we would, I had a Budweiser. Did I say that? I had a Budweiser. She had a slow gin fizz. And we would talk about how we were going to serve the Lord. (laughs) Sonia's back there. Did I bring my kids to church today? Have you ever seen the, uh, the magazine True Confession? But God had placed something in our hearts. He placed a love for us, for him. We wanted to serve him. And then he placed the love there for each other. And I won't go and rest, you know, that whole thing. But of course we got married. But you know what? There was a point where she was a a man-hater, a women's liber, bra-burning man-hater. Not that she needed a bra at the time, but (laughs) she said the same thing. So, you know, this isn't new stuff, okay? This isn't new, James. Don't get embarrassed. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so... If, you know, sometimes you have to be intelligent with women. So for two years, I acted like her friend. And I was her friend. I acted like her friend. And then uh, one, t- one time she came up to me, and see, I was living in New York, in the Bronx, New York. Cool, cool, cool. In the Navy. In the Navy on a ship. And she was in Washington, D.C., and I'd go visit her, and we were just friends. And she came, and she said, she said, I don't think you should come back anymore. <laughs> I said, why? She says, well, I think, I think I love you, so what am I so, no. <laughs> she says, I think I'm falling for you. And I said, baby, I've already fallen. So that began the journey. But you know what? If she never would have responded to my love, we could have never been together. You understand what I'm saying? If Melody would have never responded to my love and my kindness and my gentleness, and I was hiding my anger, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if she wouldn't have, if she would not have responded to my love, then we couldn't have been married. We couldn't have been together. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Have you responded to his love? Have you responded? In other words, what I'm saying is to be a Christian is not to be stagnant. It's not to be, uh, it's not, well, I believe that. No, your belief has to turn into action. Your belief has to turn into action. Faith without works is dead. All right. I'm going to read from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's usually a scripture that we use to talk about fear, 
We're not going to talk about fear today. Maybe the Holy Spirit will, but that's not my plan. But he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Therefore I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting out of my hands. In other words, Paul and these elders prayed for Timothy. Timothy was a young man. Actually, he became the pastor of Ephesus. Ephesus was a large city, and it was an occultic center. But, and Timothy was getting a little shy about sharing his testimony. So he says, wherefore I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift of God. You know, there are gifts that God has placed within you, and they need to be stirred up. They need to be stirred up. God has not called you to be a stagnant Christian. He says, which was given thee by the putting on of my hands. He says, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So let me just say this, if you've asked Christ into your life, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power. He's given you love, and he's given you a sound, disciplined mind. Do you, let me ask you a question, don't answer, because probably people already know, those that you're close to, do you have a sound mind? God has given you a sound mind, but are you, have you stirred it up? Power. God has given you power. Have you stirred it up? God has given you love. Have you, have you stirred it up? Well, see, that's what God's working on me. Because, you know, you, you get around somebody who doesn't agree with what you agree with. How many of you actually agree with yourself sometimes? Have you ever been in an argument with yourself? You say, well, I've never argued with myself. Well, if you have an inner battle on the inside, you're in an argument whether you realize it or not. If you do not have peace, if you don't have peace, you're in an argument with yourself. The Bible says... Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. So if we're not living in peace, the problem is, is that we are not at peace with ourselves. We've got to get rid of that argument. But he says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. I used to think when it talked about stirring up the gift within me, that that meant to stir God up. God needs to be stirred up. You know what? God does not need to be stirred up. God's already stirred up. He's waiting on you to be stirred up. The Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, he says, my father is always at work. Jesus said that. If you're always at work, you're not sitting there doing nothing. My father is always at work to this very day. You know, some of you think that just in Genesis, when God rested on the seventh day, he hasn't done anything since. 
No, he took a day off and he's been working ever since. What do you mean he's been working ever since? He's been working on you. How long did it take you to yield yourself to his love? It took me two years to get Melody to yield to my love. How long, has God, how long has God been working on you to get you to yield to his love, for you to respond to his love? That's just the question. Thank you, Lord. There's a number of things that we can stir up, but the focus of this is the prophetic word that, that was given to Timothy when hands were laid upon him. And, uh, well, let's just go on down in verse 18, I believe. You have a Bible. Anybody carry a Bible anymore? It's on my phone. It's in my back pocket. I've got, I've got 20 different translations in my back pocket. And I do use my phone Bible, but I like a, a, a real Bible. Well, this is their real Bibles, too. But... I like to turn the pages. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the previous, according to the prophecies previously concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. That by them you may wage a good warfare. In other words, God gives you words so that you will be able to to wage war. He said, I'm not in war with anybody. Have you, have, have your, has your mind ever been so confused? Some, you're at war. You lack peace? You're at war. So God says, I, I speak to you so that you can wage good warfare. Why? So that you can get rid of the fear. You can get rid of the anxiety. You can get rid of the doubt. You can get rid of everything that is robbing you from what God wants to do for you. I told you, you are in a, you're in a time period right now where all things are possible. Are you going to respond to the Jesus that is here that says the power of the Lord is present to heal them? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He goes on. So also... In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, let no one despise your youth. When I was young, I thought, how am I going to do that? Let no one despise your youth, but be an example. That's how you get people to respect you. Set a positive example. He said, but be an example to the believers in, in conduct and love and faith and purity Till, uh, till I come, give attention to reading and exhorting, exhortation and doctrine. And then he says again, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the elders' hands. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. He says, give yourself entirely to them that your progress will be evident to all. Do you know that the Word of God will cause you to benefit and will cause you to progress? 
You know, uh, the marriage I have now is a lot better than the marriage I had 40 years ago. Say, how long have you been married? A long time. I think it's 43 years. I'd have to do the math. I, you know, I know when. June 21st, 1976. So anyway, my marriage is better than it was 40 years ago. My marriage is better than it was 25 years ago. My marriage is better. Why? Because I've, I've taken the word, I've applied it to my life, and therefore I have a progression that my life and my marriage is getting better. Well, why don't I just take the magic pill? There is no magic pill. If there was a magic pill for a good marriage, some of you ought to just take a dose of it. Just swallow the whole bottle. But there is a no magic pill. There is, a, there is a God who says, I will transform you if you meditate on my word and I will cause progression to happen in your life. Hallelujah. He says, take heed, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. He says, continue in them that in doing them, you will both save yourself and those who hear you. So he's talking here about meditating on a on the words that God has given you. So, well, I'll just get into this now because I'm supposed to be shutting down. Some of you say, well, I've never had a prophetic word. I've never, nobody's ever laid hands on me. Nobody's ever, you've got a whole book of, you have a whole book of promises. You have a whole book of promises. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what meditation is, biblical meditation. Well, one thing, anybody ever see The Last Samurai? Okay, remember when uh, uh, the American, yeah, Tom Cruise, he was standing there with that stick and he was fighting that guy, you know, and the, and the Japanese guys come up to him and said, too many mind, too many mind. And he's like, looking at it like, what? He said, no mind, no mind. He's defining what oriental, oriental meditation is. It's in, and this isn't what I'm talking about. It's emptying your mind of everything. The problem is of emptying your mind with everything is that something can come in. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. My brother, uh, back in 1976, my older brother, we'd get together and he says, hey, you want to get high? I said, sure, man. I said, I'm already high. He said, what are you taking? I said, I'm taking Jesus. I said, there's no high like the most high. He says, oh, I'm not talking about that. He was talking about wine and alcohol and drugs. That's the kind of, that's the kind of high he was talking about. But I'd already been through that. And I knew that what I had was a lot better than him. And so Melody and I would pray for him. Now, he was, in a, he was doing an occult practice called soul travel. I don't know what the what the uh, official name was, but 
he would get into this state and his soul would leave his body. And I don't know what it did, but... Um, so we started praying. I don't know if it was scriptural or not, but the Lord answered our prayer. We say, Lord, make him miserable. Well, I found out later the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I don't know if that miserable was, was the right thing. But anyway, he, was, uh, he would uh, get into this thing where he was going to go on the soul travel. And he said his, his soul was getting ready to leave his body, and there was a voice that came. Said, what if something evil enters while you're away? Woo, dude, what did he do? He shut it down. He was afraid, fearful. So he waited about a month. Hey, well, I'll try it again. So he's getting ready to, you know, fly, you know, go. That same voice came back and said, what if something evil enters while you're away? Bam, he shut it down. And a couple of weeks later, make a long story short, we, we went over to his house. He said, would you like for me to cook you some supper? I said, sure. What supper was was hot dogs, but so he, had, he only had air conditioning in the living room and bedroom. So in the kitchen, he had, he had a blanket across to keep the air conditioner. And so he was out there cooking the hot dogs. And he said, I'm glad you guys came over. I have some questions. <laughs> well, you got some questions, baby. We got some answers. His name is Jesus. And he's been serving the Lord for years. Wow, there's another story I'd like to tell you, but I'm supposed to be done in three minutes. But anyway, let me just say this. What is biblical meditation? It's not emptying your mind. Biblical meditation is taking what God says to you, filling your heart, and begin to rehearse it, begin to say it, begin to mutter it. You can say it, you can say it to yourself. You can say it under your breath. You can, but it's just rehearsing. But there is another word for meditation that goes along with the word roar. R-O-A-R. So that's roar, right? Okay. And did you know that when a lion roars, it can literally shake the ground? I was standing beside two lions. They were stuffed lions. They were, Joel, do you remember those lions, Joel, at uh, Glenn's? I mean, I was looking at those things, and it always struck fear into my heart because of those, just those lines. If those things were real, man, I'd just be a morsel. But when a lion roars, they roar down, and it shakes the ground. It strikes fear into their prey. So when you, there is a, there is a meditation of roar where, remember, he says that by these you might war a good warfare. You begin to take God's word. You begin to take God's promise, and you begin to speak it out, and you do it as a roar, and it strikes fear 
into the enemy. Strikes fear into the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me just give you let me just give you a couple of uh, of scriptures promises. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter under the full day. In other words, your life is not to be getting darker and darker. Your life is to be getting brighter and brighter. I think it's four eighteen. But I, I can look it up. It's on my it's in my back pocket. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter unto the full day. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Let me just give you another one. Oh, so much, so much. Psalm sixty five. Well, let me just do this one. Uh, in uh, Psalm 103, I, I just give you two more. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Anybody ever worked someplace and they forgot your benefit? They forgot your paycheck? Oh, we forgot. What did you do? Oh, uh, well, they'll get it to me. No. You went to them because they forgot to pay you. Therefore, you go after it. God is telling you, don't forget your benefits. Come after it. What are the benefits? He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and with tender mercy so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. And then let me uh, just close with this. It's uh, Psalm 107. It says this, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord and offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Do you know that thanksgiving opens a wide variety of blessing. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you'll, you'll leave this place, but Jesus is going to go with you. And the possibilities are not going to end. The possibilities, because you know that if, if he's present, the power of the Lord is there for you. And so all you have to do is act and go for it and say, I'm not forgetting your benefit. I'm not forgetting that you promised this to me. I want it now in Jesus' name. And let me just say this, respond to his love. Respond to his love. We have a, we have a healing team I'm going to ask to come up.